Because see, if we're comfortable where we're at and we're doing the same thing and the devil's got us trapped with his lie, we're not finna change nothing. We're gonna stay right where we at. We're not going nowhere. We're gonna think, no, this is okay. But when you get into the truth of the matter, you'll see that God's saying no. Is he, is he forcing us to change? No. God's not forcing us to do anything. God's a God of love. Welcome to LOV, where our mission is in our name. Today we have Minister Kevin Ward presenting God's Word. Please listen and be blessed. At LOV, we're planting the seeds that change lives, support families, and build communities. As believers, we must be able to recognize the ploys and the tactics of the enemy. John chapter 10, verse 10 states, The thief cometh not, but that he may steal, kill, and destroy. Minister Ward's message entitled, Know Your Enemy, will guide us in how we can recognize and overcome the many attacks of the enemy. Come, let's join Minister Ward as he explains. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank God for today and just being alive. Uh, really appreciate, appreciate all the uh, accolades that Pastor had given and just introducing me and everything. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm no different than you. Uh, you know, I wake up every morning, put my arms in both sleeves and my, my pants on and tie my shoes up and get going just like you. Um, so I thank God for bringing me to this point in my life where I'm at. Uh, I was listening to Sunday school this morning as we were sharing, you know, the truth of God's word. And, you know, Mother Hayes had said something about uh, we can't mess this thing up if we wanted to <laughs> because of God's hand over on our lives and his favor. And, you know, when she said that, um, you know, it really took me back for a minute and I began to reflect. Um, I mean, I just, my whole life just kind of flashed before me just from her saying those words. We couldn't mess this thing up if we wanted to. And I began to think mainly really about uh, one of the greater, or one of the experiences in my life that had really had a profound effect on me. And I was, you know, it was 1994, it was June. And, you know, um, I'd almost took a man's life. You know, I had a pistol and, you know, I, I, I was doing my own thing and I almost took this man's life. and. You know, from that particular decision that I had made, um, you know, I ended up going to prison and doing a lot of prison time behind it. And, you know, God got a hold of me. He got a hold of me. Um, little by little, he got a hold of me. <laughs> he didn't get a hold of me in the jail. And he got a hold of me when I got out of jail, you know. And, but while I was there, so many different things had happened and so many different people he had sent down my path in that place of, you know, bondage and demonic activity and darkness. It's such a dark place, those prisons. They can be dark places, those institutions and the people there. You know, you're, you're around people who are there for life. And, you know, they have, some of them have uh, 80 years and some of them have 100 years and some of them have time you can't even imagine. Why would they give a man 887 years? Like he gonna get out. You know, it, those things just baffled me at the time, but God delivered me, and I'm just so thankful to be standing before 
you, God's people today, and being able uh, to have the, the privilege of sharing his word with you, sharing his truth with you. So with that, um, I say um, thank you all for being here and thank God for allowing us to be here. Um, I'd like, if possible, to, um, for my wife to have a microphone. She's going to help me read some scripture this morning and we'll move straight forward into the message. Uh, don't have any plans to be before you long, but do plan to complete the assignment God gave for me to do today, to deliver the message that he has put on my heart for today. I'm hoping that um, all hearts are receptive today. I'm hoping that everybody's um, hearts are ready to receive. Are y'all expecting to receive today? Amen, amen. We didn't come out to look at one another, did we? <laughs> we didn't come out, we didn't come to church, we didn't get up, because we could have stayed in the bed. I don't know about you, I could, Elder, I could have stayed asleep. Today is my day off. I could have stayed in the bed. I did not come here to look at your suit. I did not come here to look at your dress. I did not come here to look at your makeup. I did not come here to watch these kids run around the church. I... That's not what I came here for today. I came expecting from the Lord. Even I, I came to see what God was going to do today, how he was going to move in the spirit with us, his people. And I thank God that you are here today. You have that microphone yet, sweetie? Amen. Amen. Wonderful wife, my wife of my youth my wife of my youth, my beautiful wife, my beautiful children. God did what he said he was going to do. He said he was going to bless me with a wife and children, and he has fulfilled that. He has fulfilled that. Before they were even uh, a thought in my mind, he said, I will bless you with a wife and children. And the manifestation of it has happened. I am confident that God is faithful to his promises. He has built my faith. He is the author and the finish of it. Amen. Now, I'm looking to you. You guys aren't seeing what I'm seeing. I'm listening to all these scriptures. <laughs> God is good. God is good. He is rich in goodness and forbearance and long-suffering. God is a good God and um, our thoughts, some of our thoughts are incorrect about how God is. We have, we have a perception of God and some of our perceptions of him is off. They're off. God is good. He's merciful. My scripture says, let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy and with him is plenteous redemption. Psalms 136 and 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Romans 2 and 4 says, Or oh, despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. God is a good God. 
Even when we don't acknowledge the fact or recognize that he is good to us, God is still good. See, we live in a time right now where everything is changing. Everything is changing. The styles are changing. The fashion's changing. The conversations are changing. Everything's changing. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Even when we don't recognize that God is good, even when we don't recognize that he is merciful, when he is loving, when he is kind, he is. And with his loving kindness, he's drawing us. And he's rich in forbearance. He's forbearing. Meaning we can go about our own way as the young man ministered and we can plan in our hearts and we can do all these things with our life and set our lives in order how we see it to happen and how it to play out. And God is just long-suffering. Just waiting for us to come to him. Waiting for us to repent and to change our minds to get in line with his plan for our lives and the way he would have us to go the way of the spirit and we continue to devise and devise plans and make make agendas and 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 you know draw up blueprints of how we want this to happen and how we want that to happen concerning everything concerning the ministry Concerning our parenting, concerning our marriages, concerning different relationships. And here he is just forbearing and forbearing and long-suffering and long-suffering and good. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Has he kept you? He's kept me. The Bible speaks time and time again about not being deceived. It says, be not deceived, my brethren. It says, do not err, my beloved brethren. And he's constantly, God is constantly, constantly Waiting and forbearing and waiting and waiting. Scripture says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. We have some oppressed people. We have some oppressed oppression going on. And it's not coming from God. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plentiness in mercy. God has a lot of what we need, saints. 
He has a lot of what we need, and we need mercy. We need mercy in our lives. We need the grace of God in our lives. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. So I want to talk a little bit today about the enemy. I want to talk a little bit today. Just want to share three things with you about the enemy. So we can get the right perception of God. And so that we can fight a good fight. War, good war. Wage a good warfare in this spiritual war that we're in. Um, let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of greatness. Lord, you are eternal, you are immortal, you are invisible. But we believe thee, O God, and we trust thee. We know that you have gathered us here together for a purpose, O oh Lord. And we ask right now that you would place a hedge of protection around us. Guard our minds right now as we receive from your word. Help us to understand your truth, O oh God, and show us the way that we need to go, O oh Lord, that we might be victorious in Christ Jesus. Now, O oh Lord, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would rebuke Satan, O oh God, that our minds might, O oh Lord, have what you have have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Two things. I know Pastor spoke last week and he talked about putting on the whole armor of God and being able to stand against the wiles of the devil, but uh, a few things that God had been putting on my heart uh, for us to understand and to know is that the devil has three primary weapons that he uses against us on a daily basis. One of those, one of those, one of those uh, primary weapons that he uses is deception. The devil does not want you to know the truth because if you don't know the truth, you will operate in error. If you don't know the truth, he can have his way with you. First Peter 5 tells us that we ought to be sober and be vigilant. Being sober is being clear-headed, being able to think right. Some people are off the wagon. Being sober is being on the wagon. Being, being, being sober is being serious. Being sober is, is cool, calm, and collected. 
Come on, say it with me. Cool, calm, and collected. That's right. Have you ever noticed anybody that get into a situation and they panic and they hit every button and I don't know what's going on, but I'm a... God's looking for us to be sober. He's looking for us to be cool, calm, and collected, trusting in his word. The enemy wants to lie to us that he might be able to take hold of our minds. And that's the cause of deception. When deception comes and we believe the lie, see, it's one thing to be lied to and believe it. It's another thing to be lied to and not believe it. If you've ever been lied to, you know what I'm talking about. But he uses deception to take hold of our minds. And when we start to believe the lie, what that produces is a stronghold for us. You see, let me give you an example. As I was growing up as a young kid, my mom taught me, if somebody hits you, you better lay one back on them. <laughs> she said, you better get back out there. And I ran in the house plenty of times. <laughs> and she ran me right back out that house. You, you better get back out there. She did that. That's how I learned how to fight. Because I got tired of getting beat up. I got tired of people hitting me because they would hit me and I would go run on in the house. They hit me. And you know what she taught me? She said, if they hit you, she said, where they hit you at? They hit me in the eye. She said, you go back and you hit them in the eye and hit them in the other eye too. <laughs> Just in case they want to hit you again. And she taught me that. And I believe that. And you know what? It worked for me. Because I went right back out there and I started fighting back for myself. I started hitting people back when they hit me. And I was fighting all the way up. Got kicked out of school. Got... I was fighting all the time. But I believed the, high, the lie. And you know what? That's what I believed. But when I got into the word of God and I start seeking God and after his way, he teaches something completely different. He teaches something completely different. And I got the truth. And I said, okay, hold on a minute. God is saying if somebody hit me, I need to turn the other cheek. I need to let that thing go and give it to him. Wasn't he bruised for our iniquities? Okay. He ain't reviled back, did he? He ain't hit back. He surely could have came off the cross. But see, when you believe the lie, when you believe the lie, if you believe the lie, it takes hold of your mind and you start to Hold on to that thing, and you start to believe that thing. And guess what? You're thinking that thing. And that's what I thought, man. They've been, and I used to say it all the time. They've been, I, I wish they would. I wish they would put their hands on me. You, some of you have said that. I wish they would. 
Maybe it wasn't physical. Maybe it was something. I wish they would say something to me. They better not say anything to me. Because you already got it planned in your mind what you're going to say. We could tear people down with the words that we speak. And that's exactly where the enemy would have us to be. It's his primary weapon is deception. To lie to you. To make you believe something that's not true. And if you're not, if you're not walking in the truth, guess what you are walking in? You're walking in a lie. You're walking in error. That's what a stronghold is. It's an incorrect pattern of thinking. Your thinking's off. See, something's wrong, saints. Today, everybody think we think we can do whatever we want to do and go wherever we want to go and have it however we want to have it and live however we want to live. And There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It's nothing new. I'm going to have my wife read Genesis. If you could grab Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. We hear that all the time. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Somebody got bold one time. When he, he never lied to me. He's lying to you right now. <laughs> Thou shalt surely die. And if you flip over a chapter in Genesis 3 and 4, and the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. And Eve believed it. To guard against deception, we need the truth. We need the truth. Pastor spoke on it last week. To put on the whole armor of God. Part of the garments of the, of the armor, one is the belt of truth. The truth. The belt of truth. It's defensive in our warfare. It's defensive. Because sometimes we're getting attacked and sometimes we have to go on the attack. So in this warfare that we have, we have offensive weapons and we have defensive weapons. Our defensive weapons to, is to guard against the lie is the belt of truth. What does it do? It holds you up. When you get attacked with a lie from the enemy, then guess what? You have the truth of God's word, but you don't have the truth if you ain't in this word. There's something you have to do. Uh-oh. I hope I'm helping somebody, but I feel like I'm in trouble. There's something you have to do. This Christian life is a disciplined life, and it's necessary. He said, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about. Seeking whom he may devour. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, forgot this part. 
as a roaring lion. I mean, the devil out there making a lot of noise. Devil's out there making a lot of noise. Sometimes he try to come, as a roaring lion, it says. He making noise at your job. He making noise at your home. He making noise in your relationships. He making a lot of noise. But when you know the truth, you know that he isn't saying anything. It's just a bunch of lies. It's just a bunch of deception to get you to believe something that's not true. And when you have the truth, the belt of truth, you can guard against the tactics and the schemes of the devil. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the spiritual wickedness in high places, against rulers of the darkness. But it tells us to stand and put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil, the tricks of the devil. He's got three primary weapons that he normally uses. Deception is the first one. Because as long if he can get your mind and you can believe it, then you know what? Once you're thinking the wrong thing, once you're thinking the wrong thing and you're, you're, you're taking hold to something that's not true, man, the next thing that he's going to try to do is, number two, temptation. He's going to try to get you to act on what you believe. Man, that done fed them the lie. They believe the lie. Now I need them to act on this thing. That's Temptation is the devil's encouragement. He entices. You know, the Bible says that uh, we are drawn away by our own lust and entice. Well, the lust comes from within, but the enticement comes from the enemy. And that is the temptation. The temptation is he's trying to get us to do something outside of the will of God. And you need to go on the offensive because the weapon of our warfare is not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. Matter of fact, Paul says, he says, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Learn how to wield the word. Learn how to use your sword. If the devil's saying that you can't, God says, you can. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. You need, to be a have, you need to be able to have a word. You need to go on the attack sometimes. You need to go on the offensive because the devil's coming with some temptation. He wants you to act on that lie he told you. That's if he can get you to believe it. And we need to be able to say, well, the Lord said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not onto my own understanding, but acknowledge him in all thy ways and he'll direct my paths. I don't have to try to figure this thing out. I don't have to try to plan this thing out for myself. I can trust in the Lord and the Lord will take me where I need to go. We're not doing what Jesus did. Every time the enemy tempted Jesus, every time he had a word for him. 
It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written, thou shalt serve the Lord thy God and him only thou shalt serve. It is written, he even told Peter when Peter Lord, be it not so. Get thee behind me, Satan. Not directly at Peter, but to the spirit behind him. There are some Peters in our lives. They're in the magazines. They're in the TVs. They're in the songs. They're walking about us. They're on our jobs. They're in our, some of them are in our homes. And they're saying, be it not so. And we need to say, get thee behind me. We need to use the word. God give us, gave us the word. He gave it to us for a purpose, to be able to be offensive in this warfare that, he had, that we are in. Last uh, but not least, um, I have my wife read Revelations 12 and 10. Can you grab that, sweetie? The other primary weapon that the enemy uses against us is accusation. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's before God accusing them day and night, constantly accusing us, accusing us of what happened in the past, accusing us of what we did two months ago, accusing us of what we did two weeks ago, accusing us of what we, what we said, what we did, what we thought. Some of us ain't even done nothing. We were just thinking. We wasn't even thinking right. We had some thoughts that came to us that wasn't holy thoughts. They wasn't clean thoughts. Why would I be, man, why am I looking at that man like that? Why am I looking at that woman like that? Man, why do I want to go in there and take all that money? Why, why don't I just want to go to the car dealership and test drive and never bring it back? I don't know if y'all thought about that. I have. Just little things. But that's what I'm saying, I ain't did nothing. But accusing us, accusing us, accusations, constantly accusing the brethren, it's a weapon that he uses to keep us feeling guilty, mainly the past. And when God said that he has forgiven us of all sins, when God says that he's, he's got plenty of mercy for us, he's got plenty of grace for us the only sin that God won't forgive is the one that you don't confess that is the only sin he won't forgive if you never give it to him the, my scripture says that he that covers his sins won't prosper but he that forsakes it shall have mercy or he says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
But the enemy will accuse us and hold us back and keep us in bondage. He'll keep us in bondage to the lie that he told us to. And we believed it, so we hold to it. And we never move forward or never break out of it. And we never get delivered from the thing. We just hold to it. And some of us fighting for the rest of our lives. Every time somebody hit us, we hit them back. Every time somebody say something to them, we say something back. Every time somebody do something wrong to us, we try to plan and plot to get back at them. Some of us don't even do that. We, you know, some of us are real meek and quiet and people just keep hurting us and 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 they hurting us left and they hurting us right and we just take it and we just, we don't do nothing about it but we just bitter. We just hold on to it. We never forgive them. And you got a list of people that done stuff to you. Yeah, I remember when so-and-so did this and they did that. And yeah, when I was in grade school, they did this and they did that. Man, if my mama, if she would have did this, then I would be like this. And Well, if my daddy, if he would have been there, I'd be like this. And we holding on to all this past stuff. And the enemy is good at accusing us and saying, yeah, they still got that sin. They still bitter. They still grudgeful. They still hating. When Christ has already set us free. When he has already set us free. And we'll, and we'll think it's not, man, we'll think we don't have enough strength. Man, I don't know how to do this, Lord. I don't know, I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to get past this hurdle in my life. But when you were yet without strength, when you were yet without strength, Christ died for you. God, he, he, he commended his love toward us while we were sinners. While we're still wallowing around in our mess and doing what we do and making all these plans and living how we want to live. He's slow to wrath. He hadn't dealt with us according to our sins or our iniquities. But he's forbearing and he's long-suffering. And why are we despising thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? When we look at how good God is and how great he is and how, how, how open his arms are, waiting for us to just come to him and bring everything to him, it, lead us, it leads us to you know what, Lord? I can let all this go. I don't have to hold on to any of this. I don't have to hold on to my past. I don't have to believe them lies the devil telling me. All, of, all those things we can give to God and come to him. And because of his loving kindness and because of his great love for us, he will forgive us our sins. He will heal our hurts. He will bring us to a place where we can be free. Free to serve him in gladness. Free to serve him in righteousness. Free to live in his truth. Free to worship him. Free to praise him. Free to be who he made us to be. Amen? But you will have you will have periodic assaults from the enemy because your adversary, the devil, walks about seeking whom he may devour. 
He's constantly trying to come at you. He's constantly going to try to come at you to keep you from believing the truth of God's word, to keep you from holding to God's word. A second portion of that scripture says, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Steadfast is enduring. It's, it's unyielding. It's unswerving, unwavering. It's wholehearted. Uh, another synonym, it says it's stubborn. Some of us are just stubborn. We need to get stubborn about resisting the enemy in the faith. We need to get, get unyielding about it, unwavering about it. Re we need to be relentless about it. We need to go about, man, on, on, we need to be alert. That's what vigilant means. Be sober, be vigilant. Man, you're, you're alert, you're awake, you're, you're, uh, you're on the lookout. I, I don't know about you, but when I see the banks, all the banks, they are on 24-7 surveillance. 24-7, they never cut those cameras off. They're always watching. They're always on. You just try to go up in there. They always, they just watching. Always. That's how we have to be. We have to be on the lookout. We have to be alert. Need to be able to detect danger. Because the enemy could come from anywhere with try anything. And we need to be able to have this truth. We need to be able to have the word of God in us so that we can defeat the enemy. That's what this spiritual warfare is about. It's about defeating, overcoming, resisting. And God has given us everything that we need. Now, a lot of us are not going to take hold to it because we're comfortable where we're at. We're comfortable where we're at. We're fine with what we're doing. We're fine with how life is going. But God calls us to liberty. He calls us to liberty. He calls us to freedom. Because, see, if we're comfortable where we're at and we're doing the same thing and the devil's got us trapped with his lie, we're not finna change nothing. We're going to stay right where we're at. We're not going nowhere. We're going to think, no, this is okay. But when you get into the truth of the matter, you'll see that God's saying no. Is he, is he forcing us to change? No. God's not forcing us to do anything. God's a God of love. He's given all of us a free will to do as we please. But he gives us his truth in his word, and he holds us accountable to be responsible to it. We don't want to be accountable today. That's the, that's the world we're living in. We don't, we don't want any accountability. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll lie, but we don't, we don't like to be called liars. Well, we're all about ourselves, but, but we don't like to be called selfish. And God's trying to renew our minds. He's trying to feed us with his truth so we can have his truth, so we can be set free, so we can be delivered. Amen. That's all I have today. I will turn it over into the hands of Pastor Hornbuckle. Amen. Thank you. I, but we praise God and we give glory to God. And, you know, um, every Sunday 
we come out and every Sunday we, uh, we hear the message and we hear the word of God and um, at some point something um, in the message that God is saying and out of the word of God that the man of God or the woman of God use, it's, uh, it touches us. You know, it makes us think. It challenges, it challenges us. That's good. It's supposed to. We're not supposed to stay in the same place. We're supposed to keep growing in God, growing grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, you know, every Sunday we come out and we, we hear this word of God and, you know, what's our response? Are we going to all stand and, or I could say... Let's all stand and rest on our feet. And we rest on our feet, and then what happens is we end up leaving out of this building and going back to our lives and living the same way. Or did the word of God touch our hearts? Did it convict us? Did it bring a solution to some of the problems that we are facing? See, because God didn't come into, he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save he said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. God is the solution to our problems. Not, he's, he's not the problem. He's the solution to the problems. But we have to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And in due season, he will exalt us. He says, casting all your care before him because he cares for you. And at this time in the service, this arena that God has set up, um, thankfully and by the grace of God, we're still here in this church and in this building. God has set up this arena in this time for you and for me to have people that are loving and people that are kind and people that want to pray for you and pray with you if you need it to help you along the way because you can't do this by yourself. You can walk out of here today and say, man, I got that. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to go on out there and believe. And you'll find yourself growing faint, trying to do it on your own. You'll find yourself growing tired, trying to do it on your own. And, and that's what we're here for. We're here to pray with you and pray for you. So at this time, if any of you feel the need to come up for prayer, this is the time where we pray for you. Um, if you just want to pray for someone, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, an aunt, maybe it's people at your job. This is the time where you come up, stand in the gap for them. If you don't need prayer, somebody does. Somebody else needs prayer, pray for them. Amen? And if not, we're going to all you that, all you that uh, know the words of prayer, please pray with us and for us. As we're praying for these people that are coming forward, all the, of you who are coming forward, as we're praying for them, pray with us. Pray for us. Hallelujah. God bless you, saints. I hope you enjoyed this message that we brought to you on today. Truly, uh, God is here for you. You can trust God. You can depend on him because God has your back. And just like Solomon had such a great task before him, 
And many of you are in the midst of situations that are before you. You don't know which way to go. And you're looking for that assistance, that help. It may be a loved one. It may be that you don't know the Lord right now. And that's a great obstacle that's before you. I want to encourage you on today to seek the Lord. Seek after him. Come humbly to God and God will hear your prayer. Remember what David said in Psalms 40 and 1. I waited patiently for the Lord and he heard my cry. Praise God. And I want you to know that when you call out to the Lord, he will hear your cry. Be blessed. God bless you. I would like to take a time to thank all listeners of the Lily Kojic podcast. I pray that you or someone close to you was truly blessed by the messages that we bring to you weekly. As we go forward, we ask that you share the podcast with as many people as possible. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 states, So neither is he that plants anything, neither is he that waters, but God gives the increase. Our goal is to expand this ministry to reach more people with the good news of the gospel. You can help us achieve that goal by supporting us with a donation of any amount. We have a donation button located on our podcast page that will allow you to support this ministry. Thank you and God bless.